Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I get to head back over to England, and uh, I get to interview our next guest, who is just a young whippersnapper in practice. He's only been practicing for 42 years, which is amazing. (laughs) He's... uh, He's a fellow Palmer grad, uh, so uh, he went to the same school I did just a, just a couple of years before me, but we're, uh, we're alma mater, which is pretty cool, and, um, and his name is Dr. Richard McMinn. So welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you, Don. I was just thinking, you're, you're 20 years, is it? Yeah. Yeah, we've got 62 years of experience on this podcast. Yeah, so whoever's listening better to listen up. <laughs> well, I think they need to, but mind you... I'm still learning like you, and we've got to stay humble. That's true. Well, and in that, yeah. that's that's the learning, right? Is that you continue to keep learning, right? It's not like exactly. you ever, ever get there. So, so yeah. So it's so interesting because I know um, uh, Brandy's uh, talked to you quite a bit. She's uh, you you. I think she coached a few of your associates, and um, yeah, I sent a few of her way, and uh, Dara Tyrrell. Yes, particularly. Yeah, fantastic. She was she's the best I've ever had. <laughs> I love all the others, but she is she was just great. She's doing so well in Glasgow now. Yes, that's so cool. And then eh? there was uh I think there was Patrick and he's doing great. He's he's launching out. So yeah. I was proud of what they did with you guys. That's cool. And so and so recently you you sold your practice, right? And I had I had two practices in Sussex which are now sold and now I'm just doing I'm semi retired. Um <laughs> I'm not tired. I'm just semi-retired. Yeah, <laughs> you're slightly tired. I, love, I just <laughs> love chiropractic, and I want to keep my hands on people because it's it's a joy. Yes. So, so the practice is sold. I don't have all that responsibility now, which is freedom for me. Sixty-eight years old. I'm. I can do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, no, it's it's great. So I I just tend to work about. I'm going to be working about six months of the year, but spread over a year. Yeah, so nice, lots of breaks, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So coming, uh, coming shortly, we're heading off to New Zealand, Australia for four months. Oh, that'll be awesome. Just chilling out. We have a daughter in, well, she's one of your clients. We have a daughter yes. in New Zealand, Elise Taylor. Yes, she, she came to our Unplugged in uh, Australia. Yeah, she, went, she went to Queensland, Gold Coast. Yeah. She loved it. Oh, that's cool. That's amazing. So before we get totally into this, I want to get into your story because um, sure. it, it's nice to catch up what's going on right now. But how did you, because just tell a little bit about where you grew up and how you found out about chiropractic okay. in the first place. So I, I was a farmer's son in New Zealand. New Zealand. And love farming. Beautiful way to be raised on the farm. Taught you a lot about life. Talked yeah. about gains, losses, new birth, sadness when sheep and cattle died. But it just taught you about the real McCoy, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I was eight years old, and my uncle had just come back from Palmer, and he gave me my first adjustment, and it changed my life. Really? Mm, it changed my life. 
And that was the day I decided to be a chiropractor. Wow. Sorry to be getting emotional, but I'm not sorry. Yeah, don't be sorry. It it touches me every time. Yeah. And um, he adjusted me. And at that moment, I was going to be a chiropractor. Yeah, and and I know it's hard to put into words, but uh, could you try to put into words of like kind of what you experienced? It was something that switched on in my in my emotions, in my body, in my. Well, now I've done the vitality shift in my nervous system. (laughs) I always knew that anyway, but it just switched on. It just it was like it hit the fuse. Yes, and it flicked it on, and my (laughs) life changed. Cool. And that was my mum's brother, and she. He just said, I want to check your spine. I said, I'd love it. So he was a little ways away from me. So I wanted to get a weekly adjustment at that point at mm-hmm. eight years old. So my mom. <laughs> so you're, you're actually creating your own care plan. <laughs> exactly. But it wasn't possible because he was quite a ways away. So once I got to about 15, I, um, I then asked if I could have a referral to a chiropractor closer. So I went to this guy. I won't mention his name, and I won't mention where he came from, but he's, he was from England. Um, I need no say, say no more. I went in there, and he said, I said, I want to come every week. He said, you don't need to. You haven't got a problem. Guess what? I never went back. <laughs> I went the long journey to see my uncle every week. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> that's, that's a determined young feller. <laughs> and then my uncle... I mentioned to my uncle that I wanted to be a chiropractor. So I went to his office one day and I wrote down all these little questions about how, how he got into chiropractic, what the best thing about it was that he was in chiropractic. I just asked him a series of questions and then he decided to take me to see Reggie Gold when I was 17. Oh, wow. <laughs> in, in Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah. Well, there was another switch the light on moment. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He had his beautiful, those, he was, I don't know how old he was at that time, because that was 51 years ago. So he had these amazing sideburns, and his hands were covered in Navajo jewelry, and <laughs> it was just in cowboy boots and a really colored shirt. It was just fantastic. <laughs> but that was how he was dressed, but I loved his message. It really touched my heart. So from that moment on, it even cemented it more and more and more. Even more. And so, and is that at the time, like at, at the time, um, what were the prerequisites? Cause I know there's a certain oh, time where yeah. you didn't have to do all the undergrad stuff. Was that? Yeah. The same time? I had to have, um, <clears throat> to get into Palmer, I had to have, um, uh, university entrance, which in New Zealand is the last school of high, last year of high school. Yeah. But for some reason I wasn't accepted into Palmer. Mm. Uh, there was something I was missing anyway. My friend and I, Ross Fennell, he's on Vitality Shift. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Ross is my best mate. So we said, well, let's do this. Let's do it this way. We'll go to Kansas City and go to Cleveland College. Oh, really? So we, started off, we started off with Carl Cleveland Senior and Junior. That's where I got a most, the most amazing philosophy. We got it there. Mm. Anyway, so I was there six months. So I took a trip in my Chevy Biscayne, two-door without air conditioning and windows down. <laughs> drove, yeah, to, drove to Davenport and funnily enough my uncle that adjusted me when I was eight was the brother-in-law of Virgil Strang no way yeah Virgil <laughs> that's hilarious so I, went out, I went and had a meeting with Virgil and um I said I'd like to I'd like to apply to 
to transfer up to Palmer College. He said, no problem. Just go and see the registrar and you're in. So we both moved up and the rest was history. That is amazing. Yeah. What, was it, was it the, the reason that you wanted to transfer? Was it just kind of like you just always wanted to get to Palmer? Or is that kind of the whole thing? Well, well, that was my main purpose because my uncle went there and I just wanted to be at Palmer. That's where it was for me. Mm. And that time there was 2,300 students, 2,000 wow. men, 300 ladies. They were in good shape. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And, yeah. and in, in those days, like to travel, like how, how, how was the traveling from New Zealand to the United States? Well, I, I just came one way because I didn't have any money to go back if I wanted to go for Christmas. Uh, so I just stayed there. And um, I remember coming through Hawaii. I, I made the most of that. Stopped for a couple of days and laid on, on, uh, on, <laughs> on Waikiki <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, with no money. <laughs> but, but, a, but a big purpose. and. Uh, I didn't go back till I graduated. Ah, cool. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about um, Palmer in those days. Well, it was it had the strongest philosophy. It was mm -hmm. just phenomenal. I had Galen Price, nice. I had Emil Crowder, I had Gilbert Schmidel. Yeah, I loved the pie and the face trick. <laughs> <laughs> I had Christopher Kent, Chris Kent. Wow, he was he, he was um, actually. He was actually suspended for having long hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's they were pretty strict back then, hey? <laughs> they were. And uh, Daniel David was still alive, but I think he had a stroke just after I got there, so he wasn't that well. Mm. But I'll never forget the safety pin cycle with Galen Price. Yeah. That, that would have been cool. cool. I that wish they had so video cool. back then. <laughs> oh, would have been great. And yeah. What I, what I enjoyed the most was I was a campus guide. Mm. The green jacket. Did you yeah. have green jackets? Did you have green jackets? I think we did. And do they, they tour them through the mansion and they, stuff like they that? Take, yeah, they, tour, they take people for tours and you go to the, the graduations and serve out the drinks and have a few yourself. <laughs> Sounds like a good job for a student. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. So Palmer was, it was just like on purpose, just alma mater just expressing true chiropractic mm. so plus i i saw ray charles at the uh, at the auditorium did you oh yeah i loved him you know what's georgia so yeah georgia on my mind that's that hilarious amazing that concert did you did you go to the uh, centennial uh no i didn't i didn't manage because i didn't you know, have any money no <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, like, just the centennial, like, um, 20 years ago. No, no, I didn't go there. Yeah, because the interesting thing, which is funny, is that they had a they had a concert there for the 100th year, and they had Ray Charles play there. Really? Yeah. So that was that was a revisit. Maybe that was maybe that had a meaning behind it that I that I didn't understand at the time. Maybe that's... that that was probably the meaning. Did you did you remember a guy called Melvin Belli, the famous? negligent medical negligent lawyer in san francisco no he, he was there he came and that and the guy Fris, frisbee the guy that did that high jump frisbee flop what was his name oh um evil dick frisbee no dick frisbee that high jumper oh no i don't know him yeah he was he talked to us we had some great great speakers and my favorite time was homecoming that was fun <laughs> That was and fun. we played a lot of golf, Don. We played a lot of golf at uh, at um, 
where was the place? I, I, don't, well, I think we played more golf when we studied. Well, I think it, that's hilarious because we, I just went back probably about 10 or 15 years ago because I played on the hockey team and like golf is so cheap there, which is crazy. Like I know it's yeah. expensive as a student, but you go back in the real world and you're like, holy cow, like you golf all the time. Exactly. If you're there now. <laughs> oh yeah. And I played on the rugby team as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So, so you graduate, what year did you graduate? I graduated in March 77. 77. So what did you do after graduation? So I went to Hawaii. Like on the way back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stayed there for a week and I thought, I'm just going to soak this up. And um, then I went down to New Zealand and saw all the family and thanked them for supporting me and had a good time. Then I worked with my uncle, you know, that six months. Yeah. And then I, then I, I wasn't sure where I was going to go. So I was in my parents' toilet and they had a Reader's Digest in there. <laughs> so I thought the areas thought, of inspiration. <laughs> yes. So there was an article in there about Perth, Western Australia. Oh yeah. I thought I'm going there. So I went down to the travel agent, booked the ticket and off I went. Wow. February 78. Oh really? February the 4th to be exact. Mm-hmm. Had two weeks in Melbourne with my sister, then flew out to Perth, a real little greenhorn from, you know, Palmer and met, <laughs> met, uh, met a lot of chiropractors and, and, it was basically a pioneering days. Yeah. There's no chiropractors outside of Perth. Oh, there was none. None. It was wide open. And there probably wasn't that many in Perth either at the time. Very, very few. And um, most of them were Palmer grads. And then I invited Ross Fennell to come over. And he's still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. He, it stuck. <laughs> it stuck. Yeah, it stuck. So that and Perth was one. I was there for 20 years. Wonderful place. Well, you've been there, you know. Yes, it is. It's a long ways to get to, but it's once you get there, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> I think it's the most isolated city in the world from, from uh, what I know. Yeah, I know. I, we have quite a few friends now that are from Perth. And uh, if you try to talk to them on Zoom, it's almost like 12 hours apart. Like it's almost exact opposite. So we can only talk to them at the night or in the morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so what were some of the challenges when you first started? Like, cause again, some, some people, when they first open practice, they open in an area maybe that might be pretty saturated with chiropractors. So there's a lot, but there's also probably yeah. some big challenges when there isn't any chiropractors. In there. Well, when, when I went to Perth or Western Australia, the chiropractic board didn't allow any advertising. Mm. So Ross and I just, I was just running other people's practices for a while. And, uh, I remember a guy called Mike McKibben, a great guy, Palmer grad. He said, I want a month off. He said, could you, could you be there at 5.15 in the morning? I said, what? <laughs> he said, I start at 5.30. <laughs> this is in the summer. Oh, wow. uh, so I turn up at 5.15. There's five people waiting. So my very first day, I saw 110 people. <laughs> Greenhorn from Palmer. Holy learning fast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that, I cut my teeth there. Had a month there, had a great time. And then I, I thought, I'm just going to start my own practice. So the rest is history. Nice. But so then Ross and, I, Ross and I, we, we thought there's a place down about 700 kilometers from Perth. We might start a little satellite practice because there's nobody there. It's a mm. town of 10,000. So we flew down alternate Fridays for about six months. So the first, I got the first day, I had 73 new patients. Holy cow. The local pharmacist who was a Kiwi, he, 
he mate took the bookings. Yeah. So uh, that was cool. And then um, 73 new patients. The exams were pretty brief. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, no doubt. They should be there like for 18 hours or longer. Actually, all I did was adjust them. And then I flew home. Then Ross did the next week. We, it was a great time. That's cool. And then uh, because it was so good, we thought, well, well, let's move the family down there. And I had five years there and I st- started the very first practice there and uh, worked in a town. I was the close. The closest chiropractor to me was 250 kilometers oh, away. Oh, wow. What was the town called? Esperance. Esperance. Oh, interesting. Yes, they have, a, they have these, I think it was discovered by the French uh, explorers, and they have all this archipelago research off the, as many islands off, and the most, well, the most magic beaches in the world. Wow. There's one beach there where the, where the, um, the grains are little, they're circular, they're like a little ball. So when you walk on it, it squeaks. <laughs> well, really? It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I won't rabbit on about that. Well, that's pretty cool. So you're pretty, you're pretty isolated then. Cause you're, I, was, you're... I, I, I had five MDs and me, I had four MDs that hate, well, didn't hate me, but they didn't like me Yeah. because they all had to drive past my clinic on the way to the hospital. <laughs> and I always had about 20 cars parked out the front. <laughs> so you're always just so busy. <laughs> yeah, I was so busy. And I was a solo man. And I had four change cubicles the day of gowns and one spring lift high low. Oh wow. So you say everybody off yeah. one high low? One high low, one room, yeah. and four change cubicles. Okay, yeah, so nobody should time. complain about that their office is too small. <laughs> no. no. I think I think you don't need a big office. Yeah, it's funny because when I when I was first in practice, um, I was in a multiple doctor office and we had like twenty seven hundred square feet and a big big office. And then I moved ten years ago to a smaller office, and I'm like, oh, this is too small. And then we went to Australia, and I saw a bunch of clinics where they'd be like, three chiropractors would practice out of the same size practice that I had. And I'm like, well, there's exactly. no excuse for that. So I just had to reframe it in my brain. Plus, yeah, it's lo- lower overhead, better for you, <laughs> higher profits. Yeah. Yeah, low overhead, high profit is the best business. It's the best business plan for chiropractors. Yes. Well, and again, this, I think the sooner you can kind of get your money in order and get some money in the bank, it, then you can actually practice the way you truly want to and, and not be practicing out of desperation or fear all the time. Well, yeah, exactly. Money, money attracts money. And, and then if, you, if that's out of the equation, your ability as a chiropractor is just much more pure. Mm-hmm. That's it's so great. That's, that's that's so hasn't awesome. always... Hasn't always got these debt trees hanging off it i know <laughs> yeah there was one point i had more payments in the month than that days <laughs> oh but like for debt you mean yeah yeah more payments in the month than days <laughs> that was in my early days when i was a little bit immature financially <laughs> hey that actually brings up a good point like we, we have chiropractors that are just starting what are some what are some money lessons you learned early in practice that you can kind of pass on if you can't afford to buy it or you haven't got the cash, leave it. Yeah. Don't buy it. Why do you need all these toys? <laughs> yeah. I, you don't even, you don't need these flash cars and these flash houses. It's, it's just ego driven. So just leave it, just discipline, save so much a week, just get on with it. And when you look back, you think, hmm. but it is hard to avoid the ego sometimes for younger people. I understand that because I've been there. <laughs> I bought BMWs. I bought Triumph Stag. I bought the lot. <laughs> Range Rovers, <laughs> but it does you no good. 
Did you, did you ever get to a point where you like would save a percentage or like when you did savings, was it a deliberate thing for savings or, or how did yeah, you do it? Was, it was a, it was a percentage of turnover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what did you pick as your percentage of earnings that you'd save? Um, I always wanted to put 10% away yeah. of the whole clinic turnover. Oh, that's good. And if you do that every year for 40 years, can you imagine if I'd done that for 40 years? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so the earlier you learn that, take away the ego, the more you yeah, have your savings. I suggest you learn it. I suggest you learn it the first day you get out into practice. Totally. But of course, ninety-five percent of chiropractors don't. <laughs> That's totally and I'm true. one of them. I'm just being totally honest. I'm one of them. Yeah, was one of them. Yeah. So after twenty years down there, then you obviously no. I was only down there five years. Okay. And I came back to. Then I came back to Perth from 86. I had 10 years in Perth. Okay. Yeah. And then where did you go after that? We went back to New Zealand. My mum had um, dementia, so I went back just to help my dad. Yeah. Because the intention was always to come to Europe. And then I helped my dad and did. I just did locums for five years in New Zealand. Had a good time. Oh. And then uh, mum passed away, and then we, we made the move to uh, Brighton, England. And uh, we were coming here for three years. And that's 18 years ago. <laughs> so you didn't think you were going to stay. You were just coming just to check it out? No, we, we were just coming for the European adventure, bring our kids over and give them a taste of culture and the art and the history. Mm-hmm. And they, they just love it here. We have four boys here. And, of course, Elise is uh, down under. Yeah, because she was born in Perth, wasn't she? She was born in Perth. Yeah. yeah. And all our, five, all our five children were born at home. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, yeah. that's good and stuff. And all got, all got checked on day one. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now, when you um, went to uh, Brighton, what, what made you pick that town or that city? Well, the way, the way it worked is that I had a friend. He was a, he was a RMIT grad from Australia. I'd known him for a while. He offered me a job because I wasn't sure. So we weren't staying. I didn't want to set up a clinic. But mm-hmm. as it turned out, he sold the practice and I moved on. And I thought, we looked at each other and said, let's just set up in Brighton because we'd always lived in Brighton uh, because the town that he, I was working in, I, I, wasn't, I would never live there. So Brighton's a bit of a happening, quirky, weird town. Suits me. How far away from London is Brighton? Uh, just 50 minutes on the train. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's 30 minutes from Gatwick. So it's brilliant. Yeah. So great town on the seaside. It's a happening place, you know? Mm. So... Then we set up our practice uh, 2005 in Brighton, and now just sold in 2018, oh, 19. Wow. Yeah. So it's very. And you know so- who bought? You do know who bought the practice? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes. Yes, I. You do. can mention their names, or I will if you don't. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob and Melissa Sanford. You betcha. Yeah, Melissa's been on the podcast before, for sure. Yep. That's so, great. So that's that's cool for for them too to be in that happening place and uh, yeah no they're very they're very happy in Brighton and with the practice it's good that's great now just getting a perspective I it's funny when I talk to prospective students um, where our practice is right close to University of Alberta and I say one of the coolest things about chiropractic is that it's one of the only professions healthcare professions in the world that's universally accredited which means as long as you graduate from a accredited chiropractic school, you can basically practice as long, if you have to write board exams or whatever, you can practice anywhere in the world. Um, and so what is it like practicing in basically in three different countries? Well, Australia, it was reciprocal with New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, I sat my New Zealand boards in 1977. It was quite good really. Cause I just had 
the chiropractor sit there and ask me a few questions and what's on that x-ray? You pass. <laughs> <laughs> so New Zealand was a cinch. Yeah. Um, and then that was reciprocal with Australia. Okay. And then when I came to the UK, uh, that was reciprocal because I got here before under the grandfather clause before 14th of June, 2001, oh, yeah. when you would have, I would have had to sit at the test after that, but I arrived on the 7th and registered on the 6th. Oh, that was good. <laughs> you just got in under the wire, eh? Yeah, just made it. So that was no problem. So, so tell me a little bit about um, leadership because we always talk about, you know, we got our, our practice life and then, you know, when, you know, you got all that set up and you're, and you're doing fine in your business, uh, we talk a little bit about leadership stuff. And, and I was talking to you a little bit about before we got on the call, a little bit about the, the UCA in, in, in England yes. and, and how right now that we've just created a new um, association in Canada called CNAC for the Canadian National Alliance for Chiropractic. Um, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about the association and why it got started in England for the UCA. Well, I wasn't one of the founding members, so they'd be a better place to tell you. But from my knowledge, they saw a niche for a new chiropractic association that represented the vitality of chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And that's how it grew like a mushroom from there because they just tapped into that market, that niche market, and it worked incredibly well. And now, now we're sitting on, we're sitting well, you know, you know what, it, you've been to CE. Yes. You know yep. what it's like. Yeah. You get a, we get about 600 for CE. It's a, it, it is a vital association. We, re, we represent, but we're also inclusive of whoever wants to practice whichever way they want. They're right. not, they're not, uh, they're always welcome in our association. We're inclusive and that's mm. important. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we're finding as well is that in Canada, um, the association that's currently here is mostly just totally MSK and kind of, they, they just focus solely on that, which isn't really inclusive because they're only focusing on that aspect of the, yes, exactly. of the profession. Where the interesting thing is if you practice more in a vitalistic or NMSK model, that there's still lots of room for people who, you know, if they want to, if they want to work with symptoms, that's totally fine. Yeah, we right? have MSK members and we have vital members but they're all valuable to us because it's chiropractic. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't focus on one thing, mm-hmm. but uh, so it, it's, it's doing very well. Now we have Paul McCrossan as our president. Yes. She's doing a great job. Melissa's the CEO. She's doing a great job. It's just, and we have a really nice board. As I said, Kevin and I are not on the board anymore. We are, we, we've, we're gone gray. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we've retired. <laughs> you put you put seven, you said what, about seven years, seven or eight years you put in on that board? Seven or eight years, yeah. I really enjoyed it and hopefully I've made a little difference. That's the important thing. Yeah, totally. Now, when you're, the, and getting advice, this is funny because we, we, you know, we're working with a lot of people who are, who are, who are trying to grow a brand new association of a couple months and, uh, and as we hear, it's not really a quick, uh, it's not like a Zoom. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, a labor of love that takes time. I was wondering yes. if you could just say like, as you guys, you know, and, and I know you weren't there at the very beginning, but I'm sure you're there during the growth of the UCA and, and it took quite a bit of time to get that to grow. Oh yeah. Um, I think they started off with uh, a shoebox, a shoebox of paperwork yeah. and then, or Melissa told me that. And then, um, then after that, it probably just grew very steadily and slowly. So five years down the track, it was growing. 10 years, it was growing nicely, but it's probably in the last 10 years of the 20 that it's really exponentially grown. So don't expect, don't expect overnight mushroom growth. That ain't going to happen. 
<laughs> slow and steady. As they say, slowly, slowly catches the monkey. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. funny. It's, it's kind of like you get the early adopters that jump on right away, but it's all the rest of the people that won't come on unless they see what you're doing or kind of what kind that's of differences right. that you're making. Yeah, well, they're the nervous types, but they'll get there. Um, and that's, that's fine, but it's just a matter of slow, slow, slow. But it's like a graph. You know the exponential graph? Yeah. You might have to go along for five years, bumping along the bottom, and then all of a sudden, up it goes. <laughs> And sometimes, yeah. sometimes that's like practice too, right? Depending on where you're at. If, if you're not in a place where you get 74 new patients in the first day. <laughs> exactly. If you're in, yeah. in a more of a saturated market, that might be a little bit more realistic how the growth phase goes. Oh, yeah. Well, you might, you might be lucky to get one in the first day. But <laughs> you just got to stick to it. Weather the storms. Just keep your purpose on track. You'll make it eventually. Yeah. Now, I always like to um, ask my Terminator question. So, you know, being in practice for 42 years, uh, the movie Terminator, basically they have the ability to time travel. And so if you're able to travel back in time and talk to your younger self, maybe just after you graduated, um, and you had an opportunity to mentor yourself, um, what kind of words of wisdom would you give your younger, younger self? To thine own self be true. William Shakespeare quote. Yeah. Don't spend so much. <laughs> don't buy that triumph stag <laughs> but just stick to your principles never waver mm -hmm. because what we've got is what people need nothing else i love brandy's post today actually about people just coming in not for things but with a nervous system yeah that's the truth yeah <laughs> just getting checked right just getting checked i've been checked once a week minimum for 60 years yeah don't always get adjusted but i get checked every week for 60 years i take no medication if i go out and get hit by a car tonight well i'm not going out but if i go out and hit, get hit by a car tonight yeah i'm going to the trauma department i'm going to take as many drugs as i can to get out of pain <laughs> yeah, totally. but i'm but i'm not going to take medication for health expressions right <laughs> have you ever had a time in your career where um maybe the external pressure or influences from the outside had you not be true to yourself and true to chiropractic and then maybe give me an example of that i've had wavering times yes mm -hmm. uh, let's use this machine let's use that machine let's get a new toy into the practice let's get a little bit of glitz in hollywood there just get a bit of sparkle <laughs> but i never did I never, ever got any machines in my practice. The only okay, so you almost ever, did, but you never did. I almost did. We yeah. all, I did have an activator. I've had an activator, mm -hmm. but I've never had a machine, mm -hmm. mostly my hands mm -hmm. and my heart and my purpose. And, and did you ever have a time where you had a hard time um, like ex explaining chiropractic or, or uh, recommending care uh, for, for patients or practice members like at the beginning of your practice? I did because I wasn't certain. Mm. But once you get your certainty, there's no issue with that. Mm -hmm. No issue. Just becomes automatic. <laughs> yep. Well, you become unconsciously competent. Right. I love that word, right? <laughs> yeah. How long? When I, how... Started, when I started, I was unconsciously incompetent. <laughs> Didn't even know how bad you were. I know that's the, that's the best, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How long in practice, and again, for, for creating certainty for you, what was it that helped you create certainty? 
well, I started my certainty when I was eight years old, but yeah, I think I think having the support and ha- being surrounded by certain chiropractors and mixing with these guys and mm-hmm. ladies that was vital. In Perth, we had such a great movement. We had a separate association, branch association to the federal association, and we just had a ball. We just it was a very certain association. Oh, that's good. And that was a great way to be nurtured by those people. Mm-hmm. Really excellent. So it's really surrounding yourself with the same people of same values and same certainty. Mm-hmm. As they say, why fly with fly with the eagles? Just don't mess around on the ground with the turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Those are wise words of wisdom. <laughs> so, so in closing, I always like to get my uh, my uh, guests just to kind of leave the listeners with whatever parting words of wisdom you'd like or kind of whatever advice you'd like to leave them. Because we have listeners all over the world. We have people in Perth listening to this too, <laughs> all over the place. So well, what, what kind, what kind of part, people in Perth. <laughs> what kind of parting words of wisdom would you like to leave everybody with? Chiropractic is truth, absolute truth. And chiropractic, truth is like a ball. Whichever way you look at a ball, from whichever angle, it's the same. Yeah. Think about chiropractic as a ball, and it's truth. Never depart from truth. It'll, it'll sustain you through your professional life and your personal life. And just be honest with patients and tell them the truth. Don't tell them bullshit. <laughs> End of the story. <laughs> I love it when when people have been in practice long enough that they've simplified everything down just to a few lines because it's so funny we we you know as we go through practice it's almost like we try to we learn more and learn more and then we get more complicated and more complicated and then as we refine it we go back to being more simple more simple and and it's I've heard that line before it's the simplicity on the far side of complexity to be able to just like like what just, you say just do it <laughs> put yeah well uh, I might be um, sued for Nike's Nike's uh, strap line. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> well, we gave credit, so that should be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no problems. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out and sharing uh, some of your 42 years of wisdom in the profession. I really appreciate it. I really, really feel honored. And I just, I've loved this. And <laughs> this- I, I, want, I want to spend some time with you in person we're, whenever we're soon. Yeah, that'll be good. I think we're well. We'll be in London. I think in September. I think we're, it's in September yeah, well, or something like that. I'll, I'll be I'll be around London in September. So we'll oh, come. Oh, cool. So we'll we'll be able to hang out then. Yeah, we'll have a whiskey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody else, else out there, if you're around in London, come and get or join us for a whiskey too. <laughs> exactly. Love to brandy as well. Yes, for sure. And so everybody out there, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, I hope you took lots of notes or, or just even two lines because like we said, when we get the sage wisdom, it's only in short sentences because it's actually to the nuts and bolts of what the recommendations are. So uh, thank you all for listening again. And until next time, shift on. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.